Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. I'm your host, Danielle, and welcome back to another episode of The Mom Files. Welcome back to another episode of The Mom Files. We are chatting this week with Nicole Odom Hardnett. She is author of the books Blended to Perfection and Dating Made Simple for Women and an expert, shall we say, on blended families. It was so interesting talking with her learning some of her story and experience. I know I'm really looking forward to reading her book, Blend It to Perfection. I hope you guys all really enjoyed this episode. All right. So I am speaking with Nicole Odom Hardnett, and you are the author of Blend It to Perfection and Dating Made Simple for Women. Yes. So let's talk for a moment about... Uh, I guess what stage of life or what phase of life somebody might be in that's really going to connect best with each of those books? Um, For Blended to Perfection, um, I I think the person who has had some trials and tribulations in their their life could really... um, could, could really understand um, blended to perfection because it, it is about blended families, but it's also about, you know, how I've gone through some, some trials and tribulations, some struggles in my life and how I have not um, been that what was me type of person, um, how I've overcome those things and also how those things have made me who I am today and how I tend to look at certain situations in my life, like trust issues. I'm not a very trusting person. And it tells some stories in the book of why I'm not a trusting person. And I think the book will explain to people you know, the situations that you've gone through in your life, why you are the way that you are yes. today. Um, it, it, it just, it'll help people, you know, kind of rewind in their mind situations that they've gone through in either, you know, high school or their childhood. And it's like, okay, that left a lasting impression on me. And it was like, a a big stamp in my life that now I don't like or I don't do xyz or I don't like it when people do whatever or I'm very cautious when you know things happen and for me you know because of a certain situation or situations that happened in my life but one really in particular um, I'm not a very trusting, I don't let my guard down easy with people. Um, and I've just always been that way because of that situation. Um, so I think people will really get the book, 
um, for that reason, and, and those who have blended families as well. Um, they will understand, or those who are looking to get into a blended family um, will also understand um, the way that I went into a blended family. Not to say that all will be the same, um, but there is a lot to learn, a lot of red flags, um, just a lot to think about. I, and hearing it from someone who went through it, yeah, um, it, it, it's good to know because I never experienced anyone. Well, that's what I was gonna say is that it's not necessarily something that you you have the friend group where you can be like, oh, give me the the lowdown. Like, how do I approach right. this? How can I be cautious but still open? Right. And so having that that reference. Um, or sort of being able to read somebody else's experience, mm -hmm. it almost gives you that connection or that friend to help you through it. Right, and it's not for people to, you know, do exactly what I did or anything like that. It's just to, like you said, you know, have a frame of reference. Someone that, okay, none of my friends went through this, uh, okay, let me read this book because this person, I don't know her, but she went through this and this was what happened to her. Yeah, I like that. So would you say it's written um, like a memoir if you're kind of talking about experiences? Yes, it is um, because it, it really is about, most of the book is, is fairly, um, I kind of laid it all out there. Um, these are things or events that pretty much happened in my life or situations. I didn't go completely into all the details, but these were things that really stood out, things that I kind of remembered. Like I said, they were like really like aha moments for me um, that left lasting impressions in my mind. And I just, it was very therapeutic for me to uh, speak about them. And I just thought that, you know, maybe it would help someone else um, to open up or maybe someone else would talk about something that happened in their life um, mm -hmm. that left a lasting impression on them. And also, you know, some people, they don't understand that doing the, you know, the woe is me or this happened to me and they sulk and they can't shake it off. I, I, I learned early on that, okay, something happened. It may have been bad um, or maybe not as great, but you have to let it go eventually. Yeah, it may stay in the back of your mind, but you can't keep dwelling on it. You have to move on. Yes, which is can be much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, it is. And, and I find even with those things, everybody has, has things that have happened in their past. Like mm -hmm. nobody has a perfectly clean slate. Not I have learned, I have learned through therapy that mm -hmm. things that I may not have thought impacted me actually have very exactly. much created the person I am Same and here. the way I parent the yep. 
the way I approach other people in life, the way I walk down the street, mm-hmm. how I feel when somebody is near me in a grocery store. Right. And all of these things where you think I haven't let it affect me because I'm going to move on and I'm going to rise above it mm-hmm. and you bury it. And then you realize, well, no, that actually also wasn't very helpful. It's much better to embrace the things that have made you the person you are. And I love that you've created then a, an open dialogue about it with your book. So that way, um, I think I'm sure it's going to help many, many women, many people in general. Right. Now then for dating made simple for women, would that be more like a dating guide or, or what are we looking at there? So dating made simple is, um, for those who are either looking to get into the dating world, having problems with getting into the dating world, those who may not be able to just get it right, um, who may be selling themselves short, because we have a lot of women um, who are doing that and just keep coming up with the wrong guy. <clears throat> Some people don't give their, some women don't give themselves enough time between relationships for themselves. Some women have not gotten to know themselves and know truly what they want. What type of mate do you, or partner do you want? Yeah. They have no clue. Um, And so therefore they keep picking the same type of of guy or a significant other. Yeah. So that's what this book is really all about and and helps them. It's it's like a almost like a how to guide. It's really short. So it's an easy read. Um, And 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 again, it's it's really simple. We we as women just make this whole dating thing really complicated. But I think it's complicated because we don't know ourselves. Yeah. And what we really want. And we're just out here just picking and settling, really. That's what we're yeah. doing. We're settling for anything. What um, I've learned from my many years of watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette <laughs> is that we as women need to learn to love ourselves. That's right. And what we have to offer. And then that's when the right person is going to find us or we will find them and the universe will align. But if we can't live ourselves, we can't be putting our best foot out there. Right. What I told my husband is that, you know, I, I think I'm trying to remember how I phrased it. It was something to the effect is that I I can't love anyone else um, before I love myself or something. It was something to that effect. Um, you know, you have to love you first. Yeah. Um, before you can start loving any anyone else. Um, and I find because, even before you can really accept love, because oftentimes yeah. if you're not loving yourself, it's hard to believe when somebody is is telling you like, I love you. Right, right. Because you don't, you don't know what, what love is all about. If you're not loving yourself, um, you're not believing 
in love um, because you don't love yourself. And I, I don't know, it's just, you just, you have to know, you have to know you, you have to know what you want. You have to take the time to make that list of your, of your ideal person. And it's not, everything on that list is not going to be in this person, of course, but you know, you have to know your, your, okay, what it is that you, okay, I'm not, this guy is a smoker. This is definitely a no. Yeah. You're non-negotiables. Yeah, you're non-negotiables. If this guy, you know, doesn't go to church, he's definitely enough. Um, you just have to know what you're gonna settle for and what you're what you're not. So, but I think some people, if they go to church every single week, and then you get this guy who is an atheist, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, when your core values can align. At the end of the day, you're just not going to be good for each other. Right. It's just like some some women, they just want a warm body. But, yeah. okay, so what about the future? But you say you want to be married. Like, yeah. okay, what's going on? So learning to date with intention, I think, is something yeah. society is missing. Yeah. Yeah, it, like like women, we have to do. We're just selling ourselves too short. Yeah, we are we are beautiful creatures, and we are worthy of of everything. And we we should be getting what we want, what we deserve, what we desire, and that's what the book is really about. So everybody should go get it right now. That's right, <laughs> right now. And I will link both of them as well in the show notes. <laughs> uh, so what? So what then sort of inspired you or gave you the motivation or the confidence to say, like, I am going to write these books and put them out there for the world? So blended to perfection, you know, honestly, I never thought about writing a book. As a matter of fact, um, one of my best friend, um, she has a magnificent story inside of her and I was pushing her to write a book. Um, and I think this was probably like two years ago. And as a matter of fact, I put someone in front of her to help her write a book. And so the young lady was like, you know what, you should write a book. And I was like, no, I don't have a story to tell. She's like, everybody has a story to tell. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And, you know, then I sat down and I thought about it. And this was probably like a year or so later. And I'm like, you know, my, I have been to through some things, <laughs> you know, my life is like, you know, a story. <laughs> Maybe so there is where, a story there. Yeah. So that's where the blended to perfection came from. And then as I was writing the blended to perfection, you know, I started thinking about how I met my husband and it came from me reading um, another I think it was a couple of books I read and, you know, how they were talking about finding your mate and making a list and doing these things. And just in the book, it was certain things that I did outside of reading those books that made me ready. Yeah. And open for a person. Um, 
And so that's what led to dating me simple. I like I've never had a problem with finding a guy um, at all. I've never had a problem on the dating scene. It's just whether I wanted to keep him or not. And, you know, sometimes I didn't, sometimes I didn't. <laughs> so, you know, so it just made sense to me to write that. Um, I've been proposed to quite a few times. It's just, you know, whether I wanted to set the date and accept or not. Um, this is my second marriage and I am truly happy. Do we have our ups and downs? Heck yeah, we do. Um, but we have wonderful communication. It's so important. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm sure through your experiences, you've realized how important communication oh, is. Oh, yeah. And then also learning how to make it a priority or how to communicate. Yes. We've had open, open and honest communication since day one, before, like, when we started just being friends, when we met, our communication. I, I you know, I believe in honesty, and um, we, could, we could talk about any and everything. We, we talk about each other's kids, and that is a sensitive subject, <laughs> your kids, <laughs> So, you know, we've had to tell each other things about, you know, one another's children that, you know, at times haven't been so comfortable. And once you get to that point and you've done that, then you know that your relationship and your communication is on point. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like my experience with like park moms. <laughs> I'm like... If you can find somebody to be like, actually, then like you, you lock that partner down. Right. <laughs> yeah. So where are people going to find these books? So right now they're just on Amazon. Um, I'm working on getting on Barnes and Nobles and other places um, and Walmart. So I'm working on that. It's been a slow process because I have a lot on my plate. I'm a business owner um, and I'm working on some other things as far as business is concerned. Well, that's exciting. And I mean, every everything good is on Amazon. So. Yeah, you can find everything on Amazon. Exactly. <laughs> so then... Um, let's talk a little bit about blended families. Okay. So I was doing, I was doing some research All right. and roughly, let's see here. The rate of divorce in Canada for 2019 was 40% and it was about 41% in the U S the average family historically has had 2.5 children. The more recently families are about 1.9. I have no idea how somebody has like a fifth or a ninth of a child. <laughs> is, that a, is that a dog? A lot of people include their dogs. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I don't know the, the, where these people are getting their information, but these are what the numbers are. So I feel like it's safe to say that there are a lot of blended family. There are. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about ways that maybe helping your kids cope with the transition into what that sort of new normal is going to be. Um, helping them from the aspect of the meeting each other or the actual living in the household together. Maybe both. 
Okay. Um, from on my end, the meeting the the kids was was easy. So we had dinner. That was the introduction of the kids. Um, two of the kids already knew each other. Uh, they're around the same age. They had the same kind of mesh of friends. The kids blended very well. We didn't have any issues with that whatsoever. So we did dinner. We went bowling. I think what else did we do? I think we had a couple of in-house like events. Um, we had a housewarming um, those kind of social like events. So we did a couple of fun things yeah. with the kids. So th that's, those were the real introductions. Um, in the house, once we all moved in and there was five kids really at, at one time, then it went down to four because the oldest daughter, um, when we actually moved in, she went off to college. The older two boys, they were older than the rest of them, so they already lived on their own. Um, we did things like watch movies. We went to dinner. We ate dinner together. Um, I would say most nights. Probably if I was seven, we probably ate dinner together at least four, maybe five. Um, breakfast always on the weekends. We went to church together. So we did quite a few things together as a family vacation. That was something. Um, we did a trip to Myrtle Beach one year. Oh my gosh. Stressed <laughs> out packing two kids up. But they were the most fun. The most fun is when we went to, um, where did we go? We went to Mexico, somewhere in, in Mexico. That was fun because everybody was of age except for one. I had a son that spent like most of the trip in the casino. <laughs> it was all inclusive. I think they ate uh, and probably sipped on everything that they had. That's it fine. was hilarious. We did the doom buggy thing through the uh, town. That Now for me, that was the worst. It was dirt everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> And we have three girls, so that was the worst for them too. But we had we had a blast. So we have fun together as a family. Holidays are something at my house um, because it's most most of the kids are there. Um, but so the the problem comes in when you have um, uh, one of the parents that doesn't see eye to eye with someone else, another parent. That's what I, so that was one of my next questions yeah. is I feel like good co-parenting is always sort of like, that's the dream. That is always the, the, the dream that that's when every, when everybody is kumbaya, it is awesome. I imagine that's difficult. I mean, I am happily married and there are days when I am like, how would you be parent? Like you are driving me nuts. So I can't right. imagine the complications that could arise with co-parenting. Yeah. Um, so what do you suggest if maybe 
the biological parent and step parent aren't seeing eye to eye or don't really like each other. You know, it would be great if, 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 if somehow they could talk. Communication is key. It is, it is. If they could just, you know, for the sake of the child, children or whatever, if they could communicate and everything would be grand, you know, because you have graduations, you have birthdays, you have holidays. It'd be nice for everyone to come to all together and, and share those things peacefully instead of someone rolling eyes and, you know, doing wicked things. It, it would be great. But when you have, you know, someone or sometimes more than one person that doesn't want to play fair, let's say that, it, it becomes very difficult. Um, but when, when everyone can talk like an, or act like an adult, then it, it works out well. In, in my situation, there's only one person um, that doesn't play fair. Let's say that. <laughs> I like that. So what if, what if a child is not getting along or is disrespecting that step parent? Like how, how do you advise handling that? Because I imagine that's tricky. Now, I, I've had that situation. <laughs> I've been through it. <laughs> I'm sure. So for that, in, in, my, in my experience, I had to be, I had to be patient because in my situation, it had to do with the adult that wasn't playing fair. The adult wasn't playing fair and was feeding the child bad information, putting the child into adult situations. And, um, that's all that's never good no and when you when a person does that um it, it makes the child pick sides and they're always just going to usually pick the side of the parent yeah which is which is rightfully so what they should do it's it's mommy or it's daddy so it's i just I can't imagine the mind frame of almost wanting to like weaponize your child against this other person when you're like, you're going to be in the family. Like this is, this is what the new life is. Right. But you have some people that just don't, they don't come around, you know, as, as easy as other people do. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a, it's a little more difficult. Um, so for me, I had to understand that it was the, the person that wasn't playing fair. And I also had to understand that my husband, it wasn't fair to make him go through a tug of war. I'm the wife. This is his daughter. So I had to realize emotionally where he was in the situation. So I kind of had to put my feelings a little bit on the back burner, which therapy helped a lot. 
for that because this is a child. I'm an adult. Yeah. I um luckily, you know, I didn't, you know, suffer from any type of mental anything at, at that time or whatever. I wasn't going into anything, but I had to put myself in his shoes. I had to put myself in her in her shoes and and just just eat whatever I was feeling. And time at this time is when I developed a lot of patience. <laughs> One Which of the finest virtues. Oh gosh. And um, it actually, it actually calmed me quite a bit because I, I never was a patient person prior to that. Um, it slowed me down a lot. It made me think a lot. I, I did a lot of meditation then. I think that's actually when I started meditating because um, I was just mentally in a tug of war. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I've never been through this. I don't know anyone who has gone through this. I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. So I didn't have anyone else to, ter- to turn to, but yeah. there was. So um, it just took some, 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 you know, some real deep thinking, some heavy breathing, some deep thinking and everything else. Yes, a lot of kumbaya for me to get through that. And it was was a bit of a struggle for a moment with our marriage, but we definitely got through it. Excellent. So at what point then do you recommend all parents meeting? Um, For a blended family, I I would definitely suggest before the move-in. when just dating, I, I would say when you really know it's like really serious before the marriage or anything like that, I, I would definitely suggest. Because it's, I have to imagine, <laughs> based on the movies I've watched, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's either like, I feel like you see every single relationship that happens, there's an introduction Mm -hmm. or it's waited until like basically the suitcases in the house. And there's like this lack of like an in-between. I'm like, there has to be like a better time when you can be like, so this is a serious person in my life who's going to be interacting with our child. Right. So here's a heads up to the person and like shake hands and let's make nice. Right. I and just then hopefully think, that lays a good foundation. Yeah. I just think that that's the respectful thing to do. But again, we have so many adults that, um, well, people that are over, you know, a certain age that are supposed to be adults, but they're really not. They're <laughs> having these kids, but, you know, they're, they're really not mentally capable of, of this at all which can make this thing more difficult than it really has to be. You know, the children sometimes find it difficult without um, mommy or daddy adding their drama to it. Um, 
because they don't know what's going to happen or what to expect because there's a new house. And now, you know, sometimes they have to go, oh, we went through the, the, the range on this um, seven on and seven off or every other weekend or, you know, they don't know what their life is going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's bad enough for them then to add uh, mommy or daddy's drama to it you know it's not fair for the kid like mom or dad needs to have their stuff to if not together don't let this the kids see you falling apart mm-hmm. and, and talking about this stuff around them if you want to talk about it go hang out with your girlfriends or your boyfriends and do that outside of the home or when the kid's not home and they're not going to hear you you owe your child that much respect find a therapist right <laughs> exactly so just backing up a little bit how does one maybe how do you date with purpose because I'm looking at the dating scene as it is now and think goodness gracious I would never survive it mm-hmm. how how do you date with purpose? How do you find other people who are like-minded in wanting to not play around? Okay. So again, back to knowing what you want. That that's number, number one, you have to know whether you want to be in a relationship or you don't, there, there's no teetering in, in between. If you know that one day you would like to be married then know that for a fact. And you, so I made a list of the type of man that I, that I wanted. I didn't get everything on my list, but I have the most important things in a, in a few, quite a few more. And um, <clears throat> so I, that's where I would start. And when I met him, he said, what are your expectations? And I said, I don't have any. What? I don't know you. Yeah. Why should I have any expectations? I have no idea who you are. And, and I think that is the problem with some women. They're like, okay, I expect to be married. I expect us for us to be dating. Well, why would you expect that? You don't know this guy. Yeah, exactly. So you go in it and you're expecting all this stuff. Well, you can't expect anything from this person. You should expect them to tell you the truth. That's what you should expect. If he just want to sleep with you, he should tell you that. Tell him you want the truth. Yeah. So, so you'll know what type of thing this is. Is this just going to be a you-know-what thing? Or... But you need to have a conversation or communication with this person. So you'll know what type of communication does this person have? Is this type of communication that you like? And see where this person's head is at. So if you don't even like their communication, you need to see if the person is going to be straight up in their communication, or are you going to find some lies? Because... It's like in the first 30 days or probably less, most of the time the person is not right for you anyway because you've probably caught them in at least 10 lies 
right there. But we still hang on. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's like we just we just want what we want because the person looks good, their body is defined, and their hair is you know what we want, and they dress nice and those type of things. But those and aren't going to go the distance. Those exactly. aren't the. We want we want quality. Exactly. But, you know, we, you know, some women are so caught up on the physical and then some are so caught up on that wallet that they're missing everything else in between. And they can end up with a womanizer or an abuser or someone that just talks to them and treats them like trash but they pass up the guy that may be working at nine to five and he's blue collar, but he opens that door for you every time. I think that's when learning to love yourself before you're looking to get in, especially if you're in a place where you're wanting a long-term relationship, you're looking for that person. You need to love yourself. So you hold a value in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly where that comes from. And that's what that book is all about. Teenage me. <laughs> so yeah. I could have a time machine, let me tell you. Yeah. So how how did you find yourself and what tips or strategies would you give someone who has been in your spot and, and just doesn't know how to find themselves? I, you know, I I found myself, I I found myself, like really found myself after a bad breakup. I I look back over my life and all the relationships I've been in and things that I had done wrong, things that people told me about myself. And um, I I took it all in. You know, I listened to people. I'm not one of those one of those individuals who um, shrug off what people say about me and say, ah, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, if people are saying the same thing about you over and over again, then it must be true. Yeah. And, and you know, and I can see what they're what they're talking about. Um, I had to be realistic about it and I had to make a change. Um, and that's where more therapy came in. And, and, and I'll let everyone know, therapy does not work if you don't really get naked in there. You got to let them know what you're doing wrong and be completely honest or it doesn't work or you'll be one of those people that's in therapy for years. Yes, I actually, uh, one of the first times I was in therapy, I had a therapist say to me, you're wasting both of our time. Mm-hmm you make an appointment with me when you're ready to be open and honest and actually have a conversation. Right. And I was like, well, that's kind of rude because I give you a lot of money. (laughs) Exactly. But you'll have some that'll just take your money and they're like, they'll just listen to you, but they're really tuning you out. They're not, they're not listening because like, okay, I'm just going to take your money because they have bills to pay. But, you know, I have, and I've seen a lot of people do that. They just come in there and they just want to talk. They just want someone to talk to or talk at because they're not telling them anything. They're, they're very predictable. 
Um, but I'm like, if I'm here, I'm going to tell you some stuff. You can believe that. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I, I think I'm a very honest person and I'm going to tell you like how I feel, what I'm thinking. And I've learned now not to hurt people's feelings when I say things. Um, and that took a lot because that was one of, that was um, some criticism that um, some people that I was dating <laughs> told me that my, my words cut. Um, so I've been very cautious now of how I say things to people because it's not my intent to hurt anyone's feelings. I just want to, I just call it how I say it. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I thought I was doing. Just calling it how I see it, but I didn't know I was hurting people's feelings. So, um, you know, I, therapy has helped me along and I think that I have really grown from, from therapy to get to where I am today and have a successful, this is the longest relationship I've ever been in. And I'm still happy. We've been married for um, almost eight years. We've been together for 11, 11 years. It's the longest that someone has put up with my shit. <laughs> and, it, and it is, and he tells me he still likes me and he still loves me and he's still in love with me. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> Which I remember here, I don't even know where I heard it. I remember hearing one time and somebody was like, I will always love you, but I don't have to like you right now because you are, you are being a piece of work. <laughs> I was like, that's always sort of stuck with me. Like, I don't, you don't always have to like somebody, but at your core, you better still love them. Mm -hmm. Right. When we first met, um, like we met in a, in a bar, um, and that I wasn't people did that. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to pick anyone up. Like I was so disgusted that I, a, a former um, coworker of mine, I met him there just to have some drinks and to catch up. And, um, so these guys were around, they were talking and they were trying to hit on me and everything. And so I was like, you know, if you're going to try to talk to me, you better come correct. Cause I am a piece of work and I admit every word of it. <laughs> I love that. And, and he was, he was coming for it. He was, he's time enough for me. <laughs> he is. He definitely is. Are you somebody who loves accessorizing with original pieces? I cannot recommend Pretty by Paige enough. Her beautiful clay earring designs with quality backings have left my sensitive ears feeling stylish and fancy. She even has a mini collection if you're looking for your littles. Use code DANIELLE10 to save 10% off your order. So would you like to play a game? Okay. All right, so this is called Open Up. So it's a bit of a rapid fire game. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's my, I actually, I got it uh, with a bottle of wine back when like the pandemic first started. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be so fun when like lockdowns end and like strike to 18 months later, it's become my <laughs> podcast game because <laughs> we still can't see people. <laughs> 
All right. So what is the weirdest way you have made friends with someone? The weirdest way I've made friends with someone. Oh boy. Uh, you know, I, oh, so I made a friend through my brother um, who actually, his ex-wife, um, he married her and she became my best, my best friend. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> If you could be any age again or future, what age would you want to do or be? Oh, you know, I liked 30. Yeah. 30, like flirty, 30. and thriving. Yeah. Yep. I like 30. If you could trade places with someone for a day, who would it be? Trade places with someone for a day. Hmm. Who would it be? I don't know who I would trade places with. Let's see. I'm just going to say maybe Beyonce. I don't know. She seems like she has fun. She does. That is a good choice. Mm -hmm. If you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would spend your money on? Oh my gosh. This my husband had this conversation. This he said he would buy a jet. He is fascinated with buying a, a plane. <laughs> he said that he would buy a jet if he hit the lotto. So I would buy a jet for my husband. Well, that is very sweet. Mm -hmm. Now, does he have like jet setting aspirations? No, he, he, just, wanted to, he just wants a jet. He just wants a jet. What is yep. the most embarrassing thing you have done? The most embarrassing thing? Yeah. You know, I really am not one that gets embarrassed. I don't take myself seriously at all. But I felt that I have this... I'm, I don't like escalators at Never. all. I hate escalators, but I've, I've fallen down as an escalator at least probably three times in my life oh, with, with stilettos on. That's my worst nightmare. Yeah, mine too. I, I'm sure it's the fourth one coming sometime soon, but I try not to get on an escalator in any type of heel. If I can avoid them in some slides, I will avoid them. But my husband's just like, he wants to take the escalator route like everywhere we go. And I'm like, do we really? We were just at the airport yesterday. And I'm like, can we get on the elevator? He's like, we only have to go down one level. And I'm like, really? Is there a flight of stairs somewhere? Anything right, I don't take the stairs than the escalator. But with my luck, I would probably fall down the stairs. <laughs> What is the biggest risk you have taken? The biggest risk I've Oh, starting business. Yes. It's always a risk. Now, did you want to talk a little bit about your business? Sure. All right. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, um, I own an outpatient 
drug treatment and mental health uh, facility. Actually, I have four of them. Oh, wow. That is, that is intense and amazing work. Yep. That's why I'm just on Amazon right now. Um, (laughs) Where all good things come from. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with me today. You are welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Now, where can people find you? Um, So I am on LinkedIn and it's just under my name, Nicole Odom Hardnet. I didn't do anything fancy with it like most people do. (laughs) You do have a good website. Thank you. So I am working on that. As a matter of fact, my son is my intern for the summer while he's home from school and we'll be updating that. So that'll be another place eventually once he um, gets his work done. Um, I'll be selling books and t-shirts on the website. So I have the t-shirt. The t-shirts are actually ready. I just need to um, start selling them on the website as soon as I get some. I'm looking for someone to help me with the website to to add some features to it so I can start selling some things on there. Excellent. So Mm -hmm. I will make sure to um, link both your website and LinkedIn in the show notes. Okay. And thank you so much. Thank you again to Nicole for joining me. It was such a an interesting conversation. Obviously, I don't come from a blended family. So it was just so interesting to get that sort of perspective and to be able to have those conversations. Definitely check out her books, both available on Amazon. And I will make sure to have those linked for you. And you can always connect with Nicole either through her website or through her LinkedIn. That's this week's episode of The Mom Files. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Show us some love by subscribing to our podcast and follow along on Instagram at danielle.delaney613 or visit the blog at littlesummerbee.com. Thanks for listening.